Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balke and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balke and Blobber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 83 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I was about to say, I'm Jeff Spigoli. We're just discussing fast times at Rage Mod High. I'm That's Jeff Balke, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum. Uh, fresh on day off, ready uh, to get the series started against the suddenly flailing Rays, which is pretty bizarre. Uh, Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm tired. I didn't take advantage of my day off the way I should have, but uh, I'm here, happy, ready to go, because there's a big Tampa Bay Rays series coming. I was hoping you would nap yesterday. I was expecting a, a really solid napping experience from you yesterday. Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing is I napped on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was given an opportunity to go to an autograph show in oh, that's cool. Chicago, and I went. Well, good for you. I mean, that's yeah. that's a totally different deal. Um, I can I can see that. Now, I will say this: I wish I could nap on planes. I just never can. I wake up every. There's like, the thing: if you're tired minutes. enough, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll may, yeah, I, I always take like. I used to be. I used to hate flying. I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. Somehow, I managed to get over it, but. Uh, the do- I got a doctor that would give me like a, like a really, really tiny tranquilizer and nice. it was just enough to take the edge off, but not enough to make me fall asleep, which I wish I'd love to. It sounds like how I traveled with my kids. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm wearing my Corpus Christi hooks hat today because I don't That's know if you saw lid. it. I don't know if you saw it, but they put up 10 runs in the sixth inning yesterday. Are you are you seeing what John Singleton's throwing out there? Oh, oh my God. I truly, dude, Singleton, like, it, it, it. correct me if I could be wrong. That could be one of the great comeback stories of all time. If he could yeah. reproduce that in the, or just mm-hmm. even something close to that in the majors after all these years, he was the, yeah. he was the poster child for couldn't get it done in the majors. Right. For yeah. Years. He's in that weird purgatory portion of his career where he's he's good enough to not be in triple A, but yeah. just can't get it done at the big leagues. And uh, we had a phrase for it when, you know, when you're playing, it's called quadruple A, you know, four <laughs> A, you know, he's just in between the big leagues and the and triple A. But hopefully he figures it out because and gets an opportunity because he is destroying baseballs oh, down man. there in triple A. He AAA. is crushing it. At, uh, he is absolutely crushing it. It is a good story. Land. 
just ruining baseballs down there. Um, you can find us at Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course on YouTube. And give us a follow on Twitter or X, whatever Elon Musk has decided it's going to be called today. And uh, also on Instagram. You can find me at Jeff Balky Blummer, at Blummer27, pretty much everywhere. Um, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and reviews on Apple. Please continue to do that because, uh, you know, Jesus loves you if you do. I can't tell that for, I don't know that for sure, but let's just say it happens. I think he does anyway. (laughs) It never hurts. Uh, (laughs) We did have a good question today from one of our listeners, Megan. Uh, If you recall in a previous podcast, Megan and I bumped into each other in the parking lot at Dick's Sporting Goods uh, a number of weeks ago. And she sent me a message through Instagram yesterday. And I thought it was kind of interesting, Glomer. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because you, you know, certainly more about this than that. She was asking players who are on IL. Um, I know that they're paid their full salary, correct? Even if you're on mm-hmm. IL. But she she asked a question that I thought was kind of interesting um, about players who are, uh, you know, guys who are out for like a full season, right? Or more than a full season. Obviously, they're still collecting a paycheck. Are there any protocols for whether or not they have to be with the team? Because you see some guys in the dugout, like hanging out at games. You see some guys just are not. Like, what is sort of the 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 protocol around that for teams, or, or is there one? Uh, it, it's all individual. You know, it depends on the injury. It depends on uh, where the rehab is going to be happening. It depends on who wants to watch the progression of this person uh, rehabbing their injury. Because a lot of these teams will actually have the, at their spring training facilities, they'll have rehab coordinators mm. that you send these guys to, and they will rehab. Uh, all the information will be sent back to the big league team. But there are some guys that are big enough that if you do um, have these injuries, you want them around the big league club you want them around the big league training staff to make sure that they're progressing the way that they want um so it's kind of a mix you can do it either way i know that i've been on teams where i've rehabbed with the major league team and i've had situations with the arizona diamondbacks where they sent me to to the spring training facility where the rehab coordinator was and i did all my rehab there before i got back to the team so it's kind of individual and, uh, you know, about the contracts, there's nothing that stipulates that. There's nothing in the CBA. It's usually individual. But they, just remember, major league contracts, um, if they're negotiated. Now, this isn't the same for a guy who gets called up, sent down, right. uh, rookie contracts or, you know, pre-ARB contracts. Those are a little bit different because they can split those between AAA and uh, the big leagues. But if you say you're a, like I was with Arizona, I was a to, you know, 12-year veteran, two-year contract, and I get injured for an extended amount of time, I get, my contract's guaranteed uh, the entire time. So it, whether I'm on the field or off the field, that money's coming to me, and that's the beauty of baseball. Yeah, that is. Obviously, that uh, baseball and basketball are like that. Football, not so much, uh, mm-hmm. which is why you're seeing all these problems now with you know, running backs not getting paid and they're complaining about it. But the truth of the matter is they don't get paid because they're the ones that get injured the most. And they're the ones it's that amazing. Yeah. It's a wild situation in the NFL. And I, I can't blame them for wanting guaranteed contracts, but I also, you can't fault teams too much because it's such a violent sport. You have, never know when somebody's going to, I don't know if you saw Joe Burrow go down yesterday and everybody went into a sheer panic thinking that he had just shredded his Dude, he went down like he got shot. I know. He started hopping on that one leg. Mm-hmm. Turns out only a calf injury, um, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, is it calf discomfort? Is that what it is? Oh calf discomfort? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, 
the Astros lost the battle, but won the war with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the battle was a slaughter. We will, you know, the thirteen yeah, to five. It was. I mean, it was, there was. It was. That was a. Oof, that was a little bighorn. Um, but what do we take away from this series overall? I mean, what did you take away from watching them? Because it was an interesting series against, uh, you know, against a, a, a very good team offensively. Um, and we saw some really good play and some really questionable play, I think, both mm-hmm. directions. So what did you see out there? Oh, yeah. I actually thought it was a. It, it really helped both organizations kind of figure out where their needs are, and I think the Astros proved that they can pl- they can win a slugfest. Uh, I think they proved that they can play good defense and win in an intense environment. I thought it was kind of unique to see the Texas Rangers in a. You know, it was a kind of a pseudo playoff atmosphere, something that they probably haven't experienced in a very long time, and uh, we saw them perform well but not well enough and i think mm-hmm. that you saw that the astros still have the ability to win uh tight ball games uh but at the same time i think that you know the exposure for both teams is the texas rangers are hitting the crap out of the ball they yeah. are the best offense in the major leagues can they sustain it if they can they're great but their bullpen oof oh, they're starting pitching yeah but their bullpen, yeah. I mean, they, they need some help in the back end of that bullpen. I know Aroldis Chapman is very good against probably 29 other teams, but they're not. he's not very good in this mm-hmm. building against the Astros. His history here has got a way on him every time he walks through that door. Um, but at the same time, the Astros desperately need starting pitching. If, if We need to figure out who Framber Valdez is moving forward, and we need to figure out who Christian Javier is moving forward. Because right now, the most consistent pitcher in this rotation for the Astros JP France. Sean Patrick France. I mean, the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Oh, oh, oh. He is yeah. so, I mean he's great. You're not wrong. You're hundred percent not wrong. But I will say this. This is what's interesting to me about this series. Some injuries to both sides. I mean, the Rangers weren't yeah. at, at full strength. The Astros weren't at full strength until game three when they just got destroyed. Um but I, you're so right. I, I was going to – obviously, Fromber is struggling. And, and it doesn't seem like an injury. Um, and obviously, Javier, there's some issues with dead arm. Um, the bullpen was quite good uh, throughout mm-hmm. this series, which I thought was encouraging. Rafael uh, Montero I completely agree. was good, which is just super important um, mm-hmm. for this team. But still, they're getting worn out. I mean, they're just getting worn out by the fact that starting pitching is just not holding up for them. No, completely agree. You're not getting those games. I mean, that that game Sunday, everything set up beautifully for a sweep, but things just spiraled out of control. And uh, for me, it was a little bit of lack of focus. Um, things just got out of control or sped up on Framber Valdez. It was yeah. weird to see because really you don't fast. see that too often. Yeah, it all yeah. happened and, in the um, split, split second, it felt like. And the, the, the curveball just didn't have the snap. But, you know, that's that's his go-to pitch, and it just wasn't there for him. So he kind of lost control and things spiraled. But uh, I agree with you. You know, Stanek, Stanek had a couple of good outings, but Rafael Montero seems to kind of be working it back. I don't want to yeah. get too excited no. too soon, but he, he looks okay. But I still think that, you know, one more arm and a starting pitcher would really uh, benefit the Astros. 100%. So we got Altuve and Jordan back, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, your <laughs> <laughs> um, which was excellent to see. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about how things got a little 
bit chippy out there. Um, mm-hmm. First, Jordan gets hit. Then Simeon gets hit, which was clearly, you know, legit. Um, and then things started to get a little weird, as you might have said. You're going to annoy me and I'm going to fight back. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it seemed to happen. And, and honestly, like, I don't, I don't want people fighting, but... Look, the, first of all, the Astros fans were incredible. They was the just packed house uh, oh, all man, weekend. Yeah. Uh, very raucous crowd for sure. Um, and you know, and there were some very close calls in this game. Gosh, um, there were some great plays. Yeah, some incredibly close calls. And that Pena throw was unbelievable. And then they ran on their outfield and got Kyle Tucker to score. And by the way. Uh, he was definitely safe, no matter what some of the guys might say. But their defense obviously is not that strong, particularly in the outfield, and especially with guys mm-hmm. missing. But it really did get a little nasty out there. And and Maldi was like right in the middle of it, you know, just basically he didn't like Simeon talking to him. And then Aroldis Chapman. What I mean, yeah. what ha- in those situations, when you're on the field and something like that happened, like – is it just people getting annoyed with one another? You know, like I know Simeon was kind of, I know Maldi thought he was being disrespectful. He was walking on the bases, you know, yapping at, you know, at Fromber and whatever. How does all, I mean, what is the, speaking of protocols, like, is it just guys get outside themselves and kind of get pissed or like, is it just like any normal situation with heightened tensions? What, what, is, yeah. what happens in those situations? No, it's heightened tensions. I think that, you know, Simeon is one of the highest paid players on the Texas Rangers. He's arguably the, one of the best hitters, especially with Corey mm-hmm. Seager out of the lineup. So, you know, there's expectation on him. And he's think about what he's been through in his American League Western Division career. Yeah. <laughs> he's been he's been the whipping boy, not the whipping boy. He's been he's been on teams that have been gotten getting wrecked. Yes. By the Houston Astros. Yes. Uh, you know, I apologize for the terminology earlier. That's just a terrible thing to say. But uh, um, I think that he's been on teams that have just been getting wrecked by the Houston Astros. Yeah. And maybe he's a little bit sick of it. And he's finally on yeah. a team that's competitive enough to go out there and uh, win the division. And now that he's in state, he's hearing more about the Houston Astros. And uh, I think that, you know, if Andrew Heaney doesn't hit Jordan Alvarez, none of this happens. And I think the fact that he had Jordan in an 0-2 count and was like, I'm going to throw a fastball in. If it hits him, I don't, I don't care. And I think that's kind of the mentality was, well, if I, you know, if I rip one in there, I don't care if it hits him or not. So it hit Jordan, who's arguably our best player, and uh, sent him wow. down to first base. But the pitch was tailing up and in. And if it doesn't hit the shoulder, it's probably in his ear hole. And I think right. that's where the Astros might have taken offense. And so uh, Fromber took it upon himself to hit the Texas Rangers best pitters, pitch or hitters. So eye for an eye kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great that the umpires kind of let that happen. Because if Simeon just lets that happen and moves on, there's nothing left in the game. Because the Astros, okay, we got we got our guy, you got our guy, we're good. Let's continue to play the game. But Simeon had to take it another level, and he got the ultimate retribution for a hitter who gets hit by a pitch. He yes, hits the he home did. run. That's, <laughs> right. that's like that's every hitter's dream who gets smoked. Absolutely. And, uh, he took it to the next level, started chirping and yelling at, uh, at uh, Fromber Valdez. You know, at the time, okay, I get it. But then to come around on a grand slam where it's 10 to, you know, 13 to 3, right. uh, the game's obviously gotten out of hand and jump on home plate emphatically. That's where Martin kind of drew the line. It's like, look, 
you egged my house, you toilet papered my house, but now you <laughs> broke my window and I'm now I'm pissed. You right. know, that's kind of how it felt like it was just a step too far in a situation that didn't necessarily need it. But for whatever reason, man, Simeon was pissed oh, and I'm not sure not it. if it, yeah, he was yelling the whole time. Even in the dugout, we had shots of him. He was just screaming. I'm, you know, so I was like, huh, he, he really took the, took offense to that. But I think if he would have just run to first base, played the game, it would have been a normal baseball game. But I don't mind the rivalry. We haven't seen it yeah. in seven years. I love it. I love that. I, I, I think we could, we could say, we were talking 80s movies earlier. We could say he <laughs> went, can't buy me love. On him when they oh. when they put the uh, flaming pile of poo and he was like, "You shit on my yep. house! You shit on <laughs> exactly. my house!" It's like that's basically yeah. what he did. For you youngsters mm-hmm. who don't know, can't buy me love. Go out there and watch it. It's a uh, dreamy, great movie. It's McDreamy yeah. as a as a very from uh, uh, what's that stupid television show? Grey's Anatomy. Um, yeah, from Grey's Anatomy. Sorry, it's Mc, uh, nicely done. Uh, it's yeah, it's McDreamy <laughs> at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, also with an actress who was like very cool and then suddenly disappeared and then just died recently. It's just weird. Oh, did uh, she? Little, Damn. Yeah. yeah like in last that mo- year. Again, another 80s movie that had a absolutely gorgeous uh, female lead. Just it, it just was a thing in the 80s. Just it's mm-hmm. just how it goes. Um, so you know, one of the things I just wanted to bring up real quickly, Yiner Diaz comes into the game late, hits a home run, God. right? So I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and we were sort of discussing and wondered out loud, would he be a rookie of the year candidate if he had played more this year? Yes. I feel like he'd have to be. I mean, if he yeah. had more time out there, the guy just he's You'd have just JP been, France and, well, it was gonna be Hunter Brown, but it would be JP France and Yanner Diaz. Unreal, right? And just something and and for for a lot of weird ups and downs this season, that's an incredible thought that the Astros brought up two guys who I don't think, and, and like most people didn't really, they, we, most people were thinking Corey Lee was going to win that job at catcher. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then nobody thought J.P. France. I don't think anybody knew who J.P. France was, <laughs> let alone. I mean, no offense to the France family, but nobody mm-hmm. knew who that guy was. And he's just been absolute money. The guy's just been so good. And what a blessing. For the Astros to have a guy like that just show up out of nowhere and sort of protect the season, Um, really incredible. And and Yiner, yeah, I mean, I just we all know how we all feel about that. It's Yiner needs to play as much as possible. Um, Well, now that you have. Well, now that you have Altuve and Alvarez back, Dubon gets pushed on the bench. You know, if Alvarez, if Brantley comes back, then what the hell do you do with Yiner Diaz? Because. Yep. You know, then you have Brantley and left, Jordan at DH, and you're going to be forced to either catch Yiner or not catch Yiner because that's yeah. the only way he's going to get in there. But uh, did you see that tweet by Chandler Rome about Yiner Diaz and I Jose didn't Abreu? See that, no. no, I oh, didn't. Oh, boy, you're going to love this. Right now, they're, they have the same amount of extra base hits, and Yiner Diaz has half the at bats. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. 24, 24 apiece between Jose Abreu and Yiner Diaz. I mean, perspective. It's I can't. I mean, I, it's, there's so, nothing else I can say. I know. I know our friend uh, Susie from Bourbon and Baseball is like literally rips her hair out every day over Yiner Diaz not playing. <laughs> I see it all the time uh, on on Twitter, and I see some others who are just like Maldi forever. 
I just don't. To me, it's not a question of either. There's or. no in between. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like. Look, if you're at, at the very minimum, just split them. You know, at bare mm-hmm. minimum, just split the time in there. Let Yiner catch half the time. Let Maldi catch half the time. Frankly, it'd probably be better for Maldi to get the rest. You know, going into if yeah, you save his legs. Cons- yeah, if you're concerned about that at all. Um, anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. We've harped on that probably enough. I'm sure we'll harp on it some more. As it was Billy Joel mm. once said, you know, uh, these are the last words I have to say. And that's the story of my life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline. It's coming uh, early next week. Um, I'm curious, Blummer, if you think there's anybody for the Astros who is untouchable um, amongst us. I mean, Ooh. and, and, uh, and if and and you know and to to sort of pig, piggyback on that, if they are if there are untouchables, how much does that impact their ability to make a blockbuster move? Um, and and I'll what do you think? I mean, what, do you think there's any? I, I feel like on the major league roster, there's plenty of guys that are untouchable, but just in all overall, who do you think is untouchable? Uh, if I'm if I'm Dana Brown and I'm looking at this organization and I realize that uh, I ha- if I have the opportunity to make a big move and a splash and bring in somebody who I really think is going to impact this roster, n- nobody's untouchable. Go, come get them. Give me a list. Give me an idea of what package I could put together with my players to convince you mm-hmm. to give me that t- that top tier guy, and I'll give them to you. I don't think there's anybody untouchable. I know that sounds crazy because everybody loves Drew Gilbert, Jacob Melton, uh, Spencer Arigetti. Uh, you know, there's certain guys throughout there, but I'm I, if, I, if I'm going to make that move to make my team a World Series champion mm-hmm. again, I'm, everybody's available. So you're talking maybe not Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Chaz. Obviously, probably not. You were done. You know, you're talking about yeah. like the big names we're, we're obviously not talking about, but in terms of the miners and everybody else, I'm kind of with you. I mean, uh, the only guy I think if it were me who I would put on the untouchable list might be Drew Gilbert, because I think Drew Gilbert might be a future star in the outfield. Um mm-hmm especially as a lefty bat, which the Astros desperately want more of. But other than that, I'm kind of with you. I don't think, you know, on the major league roster, there are going to be some limitations. Um, But I don't know if somebody comes to me and because somebody posted something yesterday on Twitter and I thought was really astute. They said, if you are wanting to make uh, a blockbuster trade in, uh, you know, in the game of baseball and you do it, and you put together a trade package and it doesn't sting at least a little, then it's not, it's not a good trade. It's never going to happen because the deal is, is that you have to give something to get something. And so it's going to be a little bit painful no matter what you do. If you want to get a big time name or multiple big time names, you're going to have to give up some players that you don't want to give up. And that's just how it is. Yeah. No, uh, but but if you're going to make it painful, make sure that return that you're yes. getting for those guys is worth it. You know what I mean? For, you know, for me, it, it, would it be, you know, that's the question. Would it be a Dylan Cease, and, mm-hmm. you know, something like that? Would it be a Luis Robert? Would it be, you know, you know I'm, I'm talking like big, you know, big, not blockbuster, but yeah. big enough moves to where you really feel the impact. And, you know, the reason I bring up Dylan Cease is because he's a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I think working with, with Josh Miller would make him – 
enhance what he has. Uh, he eats he eats some innings, and he's under club control for a couple more years. Here's an interesting one: if you if you could get Dylan Cease uh, and Luis Robert, would you give him oh. Kyle Tucker? No. See, because it's a question. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, do you because you're talking about two young, hyper talented, under control guys and a guy who's probably going to opt out in a couple seasons. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, let's say what. If, so what if you did trade a Drew Gilbert or one of mm-hmm. these outfield prospects with that? send the message that to Kyle Tucker that you're trying to extend him or you would like for him to stay here a little bit longer because you're getting rid of that potential guy who could kind of move in if Kyle Tucker took off. Yeah, that's another possibility for sure. Now, look, if they get if they trade a bunch of prospects for Dylan Cease and Luis Robert, which we have no idea if they would. Oh I've seen gosh, it out there. Offense. I mean, forget it. I mean, you, it would just be ridiculous. But the, I, I, I still think the odds of a, of a big move like that are still pretty low. I, I still think, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably like 70-30 that it wouldn't happen. I think it's, it's more likely that they're going to make some solid moves, but unspectacular. It's hard to make those kind of deals, right? I mean, it's very... And then we see... And by the way, there are so many... There's so many buyers out there. What the hell are the Angels doing? They gave up their oh two best God. prospects. Like what are for a rental? They're going to rent Otani. They're going to rent a couple other, you know, a couple of other players. Mm-hmm. For what? They're seven games back. Like, well, they're seven games back, and I think they're three and a half or four games back in the wild card, but they yeah. still have to jump two or three teams to get yes. into the mix. Yes, and that's where you know. And what people don't understand, like if you're looking at the standings and you're looking at the Angels, what I mean by jumping two or three teams is you need two or three teams to falter and yes. you need to go out and win. Yes. That is a t- that's a tough calculation to predict because you can control your own destiny by going out and get as, as many guys as you yeah. want. Say you do play well and you play a say a 550 you know to 600 winning percentage and you give yourself a chance mm-hmm. you need the other team to play at a 40% winning cha- or winning uh uh, right. you know, chance of winning. And then you, then you can leapfrog. That's a big, that's a really big ask of some teams that are very good in front of you to begin with. Yeah. You're, you're so right about that. And I, I just, you look at the angels, it's like, it's almost like they're going, screw it. We're just going to, we're just going for it. You we know, don't it, care. it screamed panic. Uh, it does. It really does. Cause like you're worried. I, but look, yeah, say we it. Can't, say we it. Can't, yeah, <laughs> you're on the right track. <laughs> so crazy. I mean, what we're are you trying doing? to justify Shohei <laughs> staying here. Yes, correct. That is exactly right. Because what? Uh, why wouldn't we trade him? But I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. What happened yesterday? Shohei goes. He throws a full <gasps> game shutout, then hits two homers in the follow in the second game of the doubleheader. The guy is inhuman. I mean, we, they say that they uh, say that uh, somebody posted yesterday that they say that, uh, you know, there was this whistleblower uh, at Congress talking about aliens and how the United States has, has found uh, him, found him. I think we found him. Remember in Men mm-hmm. in Black? They said, you know, yeah, they, you know, they're, he's like most cab drivers, right? Not as many as you think. <laughs> Shohei Otani is, <laughs> Shohei Otani is is an alien the guy is a freaking mm-hmm. alien it's just unbelievable i mean watching him is yeah. fun 
It is fun. And man, if I'm looking to give him a contract or trade for him, I'm going, Mm -hmm. is this as good as he gets? That's what's crazy to me. I mean, because he's going to be good for a very long time. But this year, it seems like he's in another world, like you're saying. Is he like 25 or something? I mean, it's just. I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to be the guy that lied on his birth certificate. And he's actually, (laughs) you know, younger than he than he's saying, you know, he's going to end up being like, oh, he's only 20. Oh, he's not. He's so he's the reverse Tony Eusebio. Yes. Yeah. The reverse <laughs> Miguel Tejada. Yeah. He's, he's 29. He's 29. But um, yeah, he's just going to be a perpetual 29. I remember Eusebio. That guy was like 50 and he was he's like, oh, he's 37. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Tony Eusebio was, was it in uh, uh, Coming to America. Joe Lewis. He said he was 137 years old. Yeah, I feel like that guy. Uh, that Otani just he is if if this isn't the peak of his career, what the hell is? <laughs> I'd be scared to death. Yeah, Lord. maybe that's the other side. Is you're going, this guy's only going to get better. What? It's like I know. What is it? What's next? You know, he's going to be a a, a sixty twenty guy, sixty home runs and twenty wins <sighs> as a pitcher. Like what the hell? I mean, come Dear on. God, could you imagine? I can't. Oof. I can't even think about it. It makes me sort of ill. I just hope he goes to mm. the National League. That's all I care about. Yeah. Send him the National yeah, League. Get out let of our them, division. Let Jeez. them worry about it. All right. So the Rays series starts. The Rays have not been good. I think they're like four and 12 or something like that in their last however many games. Um, if you go back maybe 30 games, I think they're sub 500 by, yeah. by quite a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've lost control of, of the East. They have. They have. And it looked like an insurmountable uh, lead mm-hmm. that they had. Um, so what are we, what, what are you seeing? I mean, obviously you've probably just done a little bit of prep work so far for the series, but what are you expecting from this series? I mean, it's a good weekend series really, uh, for the Astros. This will be a good test for them. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. it'll be a good test for the race to see if they can sort of dig themselves out of, uh, this, uh, rough patch that they're going through. What, what are your thoughts on what's coming this weekend? Um, you've got good pitching coming in. I know that McClanahan and Glass now are going to pitch in this mm-hmm. in this three games, and but you have the Astros at possibly close. To, I mean, without Michael Brantley, they're at full strength. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see how the Astros attack uh, the pitching staff and see if they can't put up you know five six runs a game and give the Astros pitching staff a chance to go out there and win. But I really. You know they're they're very athletic. They can play good defense. They've obviously got good pitching, and their bullpen is very good. So you've got to play you know fundamentally sound baseball to go out there and beat them. But at the same time, you know what are you going to get from Christian Javier? I think tonight's game is going to be a pretty good matchup between McClanahan and Javier. What are you going to get from Christian Javier? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know can the Astros get to Glass now when Belak is on the mound? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting things that I think that we're kind of feeling our way through. But I, I really hope that the focus is on the game on the field because a lot of because if it's not the focus on the field and good games, then the focus is going to be in that front office with Dana Brown. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that this weekend's going to be a lot, I think, for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you know, the trade deadline's the first, which we're only a few days away from. And it's Tuesday, I guess. Or is it Monday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday, right? Um, it's uh, Monday. No, it's, Tuesday. You're right. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. This is a yeah. tough patch for the Astros right here, man. This is a tough stretch. It is a tough stretch. And to me, it's really, you look at it. This is going to be a, a real weird few days in Major League Baseball. There's going to, I think, there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of moves made. 
Um, yep. And I think uh, that there are going to be, I think some big names are going to be on the move. Um, obviously, Shohei Otani not being one of them. But I think that a lot, especially now that Shohei Otani is not getting moved, I think we're going to start to see a lot of dominoes fall. I think there are a lot of people sort yeah. of sitting around waiting that, you know, big name. Uh, I'm going to be curious, like, do, do the Mets move Scherzer and or Verlander? Oh, my um, gosh. You know, I mean. And how? It's, it's I know it's crazy to think, but. That's a possibility. I mean, like you said, Dylan Cease is out there. Luis Robert. I mean, the Cardinals might move half their pitching staff. Um, Ooh, yeah. Jordan Montgomery, by the way. Uh, go, yes. get, go, go get a couple of Jordans. Go get Jordan yes. Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, and I'll be happy. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely no doubt. I mean, there's going to be – I think there are going to be very few teams who are just like total sellers, but I think the ones that are total sellers are going to dump a lot. I think it's going to be surprising. Mm-hmm. They got some I, guys to give, and I think a lot of teams want those guys. So there's going it's going to be a competitive trade market, and so I think that's going to make for a lot of fun for baseball. Hopefully, it'll turn out well for the Astros. I saw a couple things I wanted to throw throw your way before we got going. One was Gene Ops, who's on Twitter at Gene Ops, pointed out that there have been quite a few players who've had pretty significant drop offs in their careers after they mouthed off at the Astros. And he, he mm. made a list, and it's not uncompelling. Trevor Bauer, Joe Kelly, <laughs> Mike Bolsinger, <laughs> Ryan Tapera, Mike Fires, and then Cody Bellinger, who just now made a rebound. But mm-hmm. I mean, is it an Astros curse? <laughs> Can we see? I mean, well, yeah, you don't want to be a pitcher popping off. I mean, dude, no. you, I mean. They were like, oh, you're ruining a uh, pitcher's career. You know what? There's no guarantee in that, and you can't yeah. prove it. But at the same time, mouthing off, there's a little more proof on the mouthing off and uh, the Astros curse like you're talking about than anything. I, I'm not sure if it's just a curse necessarily or just you mouth off, you take your eye off the ball, and then you start mm-hmm. getting hit. I, and and I'm, I'm guessing this is true. You can tell me if it's not. I'm guessing that hitters don't really care for pitchers who complain about the fact that they're getting hit around. I mean – I, I think if I were a pitcher and I saw a hitter going out there saying, man, these guys, blah, 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 I'd be like, okay, bring it. Because you feel like that guy's mm-hmm. that guy can't have the highest level of confidence if he's out there. No, it's know, a sign of, definitely a sign of weakness. Yeah. And, I and, agree you know, with you on that. In, this, in all sports leagues, it's like dogs, right? My dogs are great. They're so sweet and everything. Until one of the other dogs shows even the slightest sign of weakness, and then they pounce on them. And I'm like, yep. it's like, it's just, that's, it's cold blooded. It's survival of the fittest, I guess. Last thing is I posted this link. Um, I'll share it again. Somebody said my, one of, one of my, uh, my uh, wife's and my good friends, uh, Vernon and Adam, they sent this to us. It is Houston wallpaper. So it's, you know, stuff to put in your bathroom, whatever. And it's, and normally stuff like this, it's like, yeah, whatever. This was pretty cool because it has, first of all, the landmarks in it are quite good. It has the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. It has like, you know, the Manil. It has some pretty good quality represent. Because a lot of times, you know, you see these Houston things and it's nothing but a bunch of cattle and oil wells and it's just kind of dumb. This is actually mm-hmm. pretty well done. But here's the cool thing. The wallpaper comes in Columbia blue and Astros orange. <laughs> Oh, nice. And I was like, now that is pretty sweet. Like I could see that being some, if you, if you had a man cave Ooh. and you decided, or, or like a bathroom in your man cave, uh, plastering a little That's good. cool Houston wallpaper. Uh, uh, my friend Frank was like, dude, every restaurant 
bathroom should have this. I was like, that's not yeah. bad. So I saw that. As, and, and so I ordered a couple swatches. I'll show them off on an upcoming episode because cool. I was thinking that, that just little swatches would be cool to frame. You know, yeah, hang, it's not a bad idea. Hang them up with some You actually cool gave armor. me a great idea for a, uh, an Astros uniform. Is that Columbia blue and Astro orange? Oh, God. Can you imagine how cool you that would be? You could dress that up. Oh, That'd be a well, cool looking hat. Well, first of all, powder blue in baseball uniforms mm -hmm. is one of the great strong uniform strong. colors. And you wouldn't think that would be the case, but it just is. Those old Phillies uniforms are just spectacular. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And especially with, you know, with that Astros orange, you could do like the Astros and orange and do the, the jerseys and Columbia blue. Somebody get on the phone with the Astros marketing department. And yeah. You heard it here first. Throw, that's right. Throwback <laughs> Astros, Columbia blue. I'm, That'd be a I good way to offset what the Tennessee Titans are trying to do. Tennessee Titans. I have no that I historic no franchise. That. This, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Freaking that historic me. Nashville franchise that's been around all twenty years <laughs> or whatever the hell it is. God, so annoying. Like, just let mm -hmm. it be, man. It's not your history, bro. It's not your history. Maybe you could also maybe on the helmet and you instead of an oil derrick, you could just put this Houston skyline. On there, maybe yeah. just do that. Just go ahead, and go full bore. Yeah, Houston North. <laughs> Houston, Houston North. They wish Nashville wishes they, they, <laughs> they wish they were Houston North. <laughs> All right, Blummer. Uh, any final thoughts? You're playing golf tomorrow. More, I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start hydrating today, but I'm gonna play the uh, Houston <laughs> Open course tomorrow with some buddies, and it'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All that means is is that Saturday's a national game, so don't yell at me. Nice. Are you? Are you? Uh, do you have at least have an early tea time? Oh no, we're gonna play in the middle of the afternoon and oh, sweat our oh, brains oh, oh, out. Let's go. <laughs> we're gonna do it the Houston way. Come on, oh, it's gonna be up. like a, it's gonna be like a hundred out there, Blummer. <laughs> Get ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is coming. Well, I am off to the Great Great Plains, I guess. Um, heading off to uh, to uh, uh, Wyoming to go to Yellowstone. I'm going to do my best to not be eaten by a bear or gored by a bison, both of which things have happened recently at Yellowstone. Um, well, you have a certain level of intelligence that tells me you won't be caught in that situation. <laughs> well, here's the thing. First of all, I'm not going to be in Yellowstone for maybe there like three days. So it'll be nice. And then the rest of the time we're mm -hmm. going to be in Jackson, Wyoming, which is spectacular. Um, but the other thing, too, is I'm not going anywhere near a goddamn bear. Like I'm carrying <laughs> I'm, I'm carrying bear spray because I'm not stupid. And if I see a bear that's... Uh, 500 yards from me, I'm walking the other direction. I'm not going to walk in the direction of a wild animal because I'm not crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. sorry. I'm not no going to try that. To, I'm not going to try to pet him. I'm not going to try. It's like mm -hmm. some of these people are nuts. There is a book out there I, I will recommend to everyone. My wife got it years ago, and it's called Death at Yellowstone. And basically what it does is it recounts all of the different ways people have died at Yellowstone. And there's like from like murders to like, you know, attacks. And like one of the worst I ever heard was a guy jumped into like one of the geysers and oh, then got dear. out. I mean, you know, we're talking hundreds of degrees. So again, stupid. <laughs> exactly. What? It, I'm not doing any of that. I look, I'm going to tiptoe around the geysers. I'm going to stand. They have boardwalks. I'm going to be in the middle of the boardwalk. If anything <laughs> happens, everybody on the sides of me, they're going in the geysers. I'm, I'm not going in. 
I am not yeah, like that. Just push somebody in front. You'll be fine. Exactly. Well, the trade deadline is obviously upon us. I'm sure it's going to be super fun. Uh, so mm-hmm. you guys stay tuned. Hopefully next time we, we're going to be off next week for my vacation, but we get back. Maybe we'll have some new Astros to talk about. Uh, um, so yeah, you never know. That could be fun. Uh, thanks so much for listening to you guys all across the world, including places as interesting as Sweden, New Zealand, Oh, my motherland. Austria. (laughs) No, me too. Denmark for me. Close enough. We need to get on the Mm -hmm. board in Denmark. Come on, Danes. Get us on the board over there. Your your boy. And and by the way, Germany. Where are you guys at? Come on, man. Yeah, for real. To to quote my grandfather, Achtel lieber Gott. I have no idea what you said. All I know is beer. (laughs) Exactly. Oktoberfest. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. that's, we'll just start there. We'll just leave it there. All right, guys. Have a great week. <clears throat> so very thankful for all of you guys for listening. We'll talk to you in a week. And as always, go Astros. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.